0: to another episode of that's a wrap i am your co-host and producer of this podcast i'm here with my co-host dre at uh, sans j for now i'm hoping he can jump on sometime soon but for now dre how's it going my friend well i'm doing all right yeah don't know about the raptors but um <laughs> i'm yeah. doing all right yeah. this is
1: a raptors podcast by fans for fans so you're gonna hear a couple of fans Wonder what happened.
0: A little side note, this we are recording this episode right after the I guess say the Kawhi return game. And there was a lot going on. Um, especially I don't know if you were keeping in in tabs on it during the afternoon, morning, where they had a shoot around, and then basically there was a a whole bunch of uh, media surrounding the locker room, uh, in shoot around, in, in shoot around just to, just to get a glimpse of Kawhi. And obviously, this is very, very important. This is the first time Kawhi Leonard has come back since the finals, and it was a monumental game. But ooh that was a little bit of a stinker, don't you agree?
1: Well, mainly the second quarter, but like, uh, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later. Yeah. We're gonna focus on this game first, but we've got to talk about like the last time we recorded, we were like. On a high note. Like we had we had a Nick Nurse as the coach of the month, I think, uh-huh. or the week, whatever it was, I think it was the month. Um and then the complete and utter downfall from the Heat game, the Rockets, the 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 76ers, um we we beat the Bulls, but barely. Yeah. and now this game. So like we'll go into that, but like yeah. when it comes to this, like um losing to the team that you're your former um, finals MVP has left to is one thing, but like getting
0: slapped is another that, that, that it's is a of fun. It's a little hard. We are going to get into it. I want to talk about some of the positive too, that, that could have came out of this as well. I wrote some of that down before coming onto the show. And I want to share that with you guys, but also, yeah, it was a little bit of a rough game, but before we do that, all right, all you guys were watching. The, it was it was told on, on social media, be in your seats by 6.45, be in our couchside seats by 6.45 pregame so we can watch all this. And before even all that, I mean, the amount of times that we were watching all the highlights, all the top tens, everything that had Kawhi brought, because let's be real... Kawhi was one of the main reasons that we got that championship. He wasn't the mm-hmm. only reason. I can't stress it enough. He wasn't not the only reason, but he is by far the best and most talented Raptor of all time so far in, in our franchise. Uh, and there's a whole b- speculation of like, you know, what should we do? Should we, should we give him a statue? Should we raise his banner? Should we, should we retire his number? All that stuff. And be just because of that one year, he was, he, was in, he was here for a good time. He was, wasn't here for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. And now that we see Kawhi Leonard getting his ring, um, and the person who gave him the ring was Kyle Lowry, which was kind of yeah. sweet. It was a really nice moment. Um, but after that, it was all business. And I feel like this is what I wanted to talk to you about, Dre. I kind of mm-hmm. feels like this is the closing, the closing of the chapter, the closing of the book, because when he left... Uh, unceremoniously, it, we were all waiting for what you know. Hopefully that he resigns, but he went to the Clippers, and because he wanted to go home, no one blames him for that, right? Well, at least we don't. Mm. And and now it's like we still kind of hold on to those moments because those moments that Kawhi gave us were so brilliant. You can talk about the shot, you can talk about all the buzzer beaters, the defensive plays, the blocks, the whole playoff run. But now it's like you know what? He's a Clipper, and. And it's a closing of a chapter, and I feel like this is the time for, and I'm pointing at myself, I'm pointing at a lot of Raptors fans, including myself, we gotta let it go now. We have to. (laughs) You know, I want to know if you're in the same boat. Yeah, well, I mean, I already did, and I
1: I succumbed to this by accepting wherever he went. Uh, Luckily, it wasn't a super team Lakers, but wherever he went, I was sure to follow because even when he was a spur, I was a fan of his play. Right. I was a, I, I was just enamored with how old school and proficient this this guy is, especially in a league that's full of flash and the defense is being cut down. And people are comparing this guy to Michael Jordan. And it's like maybe not like of the same caliber, but the same mental game. And yeah. that's really exciting to see nowadays in a league where, especially with social media, you have a lot of people who are exceptionally fragile we won't go down that road so I had already moved on but I I can see why the finality of this game or the finality this game brings to this whole saga because think about it this is the only time that this season he's gonna come to Toronto to face us Mm. outside of let's say if there's a chance that we make it to the finals and the Clippers make it to the finals who knows it could be anybody's game at this point. um. Not after this week. I mean, geez, we'll go into that, though. But uh, who knows? And if that is the case, we're not going to be like, oh, Kawhi, hey, welcome back. We're going to be in cutthroat mode, Absolutely. especially because it's the former team versus the new team. If that were to happen, which the chances of that happening are quite slim. And it's not because we're not good or they're not good. Just specifically picking two teams out of 30 to be in the finals is a crapshoot. So Mm -hmm. there's no point in doing that. But even if that's the case, so far, this is the last time he's going to play in Toronto this year. And that's it. He's gone in his ring. Everybody carried their signs. And you won't have that opportunity again for the rest of the year. What are they going to do next year? Be like... Welcome back, Kawhi. We miss you. I mean, you could, but it's not going to be on the same level. At that point, it's been an entire year, Right. we've moved on, and think about it. The fact that we've done our two Clippers games already, and it's done. We're like a month and a bit into the season. This, We're not even going to see the guy for the rest of the season. So, yeah. like, that
0: narrative is finished. That's true, and and I like how you bring that up because, yeah, we aren't going to see them unless we go into the finals, but it's also, I feel like, because of how open-ended uh, these Raptors are, we have so much more... Uh, decisions that we have to make or we meaning, you Mm -hmm. know, Masai Ujabri and Bobby Webster, they have so much things to kind of close or open with the free agents with uh, all the young players, with the older vets and and because of that, now it's time for like, okay, now we have to look into our future. The future plans was Kawhi, but it wasn't for him. So now we have to look out for ourselves and because of that, we have to close the book on whatever Kawhi was going to bring us Mm-hmm. Now we have to look into the future, twenty twenty one. All of those free agents that Kawhi is also one of them, but we have to see what are we going to do with Lowry? What are we going to do with Fred Van Vliet? What are we going to do with Nor? What are we going to do with Powell? Or sorry, or a Surge and and Gasol? Like all of these questions kind of overshadow the fact that Kawhi is gone, and mm-hmm. I think that's why it's kind of closing that book because now what what is this Raptors team now? What is the identity? You know, are we a aging team that we're looking to buy or are we a young team that we're looking to sell and and it's very up in the air um we can talk all about like what's going on with bobby webster or not by or masai ujiri about all this new york stuff and i'm sure we would get into that if jake uh. was back but it's you know there's so many questions you know and i feel, and i'm not saying that this is a bad thing like i'm glad that we're in the in a in a place where one of the best things about this this organization is winning but also developing our young players you can't it it would suck if we're losing and also not developing our young players i.e the new york knicks um but but that's the thing we are still a good team and we're in a good place it's just now we kind of have to close the books on the Demar era the Kawhi era and soon to be probably the kyle laura era as well
1: yeah, and that's what Masai does. He he closes books when they need to be closed. Like, um, I was actually talking with my girlfriend because, uh, you know, before the, the podcast, you know, she wanted to know more about Masai Ujiri and how he got to where he is. So, you know, I just gave, like, a brief rundown. And it's mm-hmm. like, the very first thing this guy did, which was, like, the move, which set Toronto to a new chapter, it showed this guy means business, and... This is a miracle worker. And this guy took oh, one of oh. the biggest number one draft pick busts ever, and made it marketable to a team, mm-hmm. where we ended up being profitable in return, and the other team got got squashed. I'm of course talking about Andrea Birnani sent to the knicks and nobody wanted this guy we didn't want this guy i remember going to raptors games that people were booing this guy when he was starting oh yeah
0: oh man they had to they uh, do in case had to call a timeout so that he wasn't going to come into the uh, so he can come into the game after the timeout, so he wasn't going to get booed on the sideline i remember those days man
1: yeah and masai ujiri the very first thing he did was he first off pulled off the impossible which was selling a direct because nobody wanted this kid and secondly Furthermore, establishing trust with all of us, closing that dark chapter in one foul swoop, because that move basically said, hey, not only can you depend on me, we're moving forward. I'm not just going to trade some scrubby player for a scrubby player and be like, how's this? I'm literally doing what all of you want, that's my first move, I'm Thanos, bam, (laughs) and that was it. So, uh, this guy is all about business. So we learned that with DeMar DeRozan. Unfortunately, that was a chapter that had to be closed to get to where we are now. So Masai Ujiri, even though it's a little cutthroat and heartless, is all about the next step. So, I mean, this week, and we'll go into it more, but this week, if anything, with the return of Serge Ibaka and, and Kyle Lowry, and the injury of Fred Van Fleet, that's also important, has us thinking, what is the Raptors' future? Because... Mm-hmm will one of those moves have to be made soon? Because to me, it looks like there might have to be something, but we'll get into that. Um, Point is, we have somebody who's able to usher in new eras for us, and we're very lucky because a lot of of organizations, whether I like them or not, I hate the Knicks, but I really feel sorry for them because they have a loyal fan base, a very undeservedly loyal fan base, and they get toyed around all the time, and they don't deserve it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we can go all and on about how much the savior of, of Masai is. And, and of course, Bobby Webster, because I don't know if you saw the article from On The Th- Athletic. Basically, Masai Jerry is the front. He He's the front runner. He's the captain of the ship. But Bobby Webster is the one who's kind of steering it. Yeah. And with those two uh we're such in good hands and it's kind of like a team so that's why the whole this the scariness of of maasai going doesn't mean just maasai it could be this entire organization and we're talking about uh Mm. teresa uh dan Tolzman, and uh bobby himself possibly you know you you have no idea uh but again okay so let's wrap this whole Kawhi thing um yeah he is the the greatest raptor um, if if there ever was the best Raptor of all time, it's going to be Kawhi. I'm not saying that he is the most important Raptor because I still think that's Kyle, uh, Kyle. And I feel like the first person, the first Raptor to be ever um, retired his number in the Raptors would, should be, and I think will be, uh, Kyle's. But I want, I want to ask you, um, this this came up, and I, I feel like we, we brought this up uh, a lot in our previous podcast, but what do you think should happen in order to kind of cement the the whole legacy with Kawhi, do you think his his uh jersey should be retired, or do you think like we should possibly have a statue or a um, uh, something outside of a uh, the Scotia Bank Arena? Because what I feel like is is a, a statue kind of cements a, a moment. So we're talking about the mm-hmm. shot and mm-hmm. the. The the banner kind of cements the the legacy and the the player himself, which he was only here for one year. So I that's why I don't feel like it's deserving. So
1: I'm glad you brought up the shot because that's actually what I'm basing my answer around. So I'm pretty sure I said one, but not the other, the last time we at the last time we talked about this, and I I feel like it was a statue, but not a jersey. My answer is going to be a slightly different this time. It's okay. technically neither. Um, I've seen the argument that the pennant, the championship pennant, pennant at the top of the stands, is technically enough because we know the association, and that's true. I would agree mm-hmm. with that.
0: Hey, he's already um, in the rafters. His last name is around that pennant already. Exactly. Yeah. So that's Agreed. that's
1: that's like enough. Um, a retired jersey, no, because that implies that that win was solely because of him or, you know, until we get like the the, the Lowry jersey or whatever. But let, let's think about it this way. What does a retired jersey represent? It literally represents you cannot use this number because right. we have permanently associated it with so-and-so. What if, I don't know, not, not, not that he would, but what if Giannis comes to the team and decides to be number two because he, he, he decided, hey, Um, out of all the Takupo brothers, I'm the second best at water polo. So it's my (laughs) lucky number, so therefore I'm number two, or something stupid like that. That's going to be totally written off because of Kawhi. Look, Kawhi is one of my all-time favorite players in my top ten. He was when he was a Spur. He's even more so now because of the personal connection. But let's be real here. Like, as important as he was for the playoffs and that year, Is he that important to the entire legacy of the Raptors? To an extent, yes. And what is that extent? That run. So if we're going to get a statue or anything, it should be of perhaps the shot moment where it could be like a flat mural sculpture or something where it's got like a few of the players and the net maybe. Not like a 3D all-around sculpture, but like a flat sculpture of sorts. So like...
0: um, Something like uh, that's on the wall of the Social Bank Arena possibly? Yeah, because like
1: they already put up... Like, the image of the shot in Scotiabank Arena to commemorate that. Yeah. So, perhaps something like that where it's like, we're we're honoring this guy and everything else here. Like, if he stuck around for a few years and we were, like, the worst team in the league somehow, something, anything, then it would make even more sense to, like, retire a jersey something because it's like, this guy is through and through a Raptor. Right. As it stands, he's the most talented person to ever play for the Raptors, especially in his prime but you know, he's not he he was a raptor, it's not like Damar, even though Damar and I hate to say this, is a vastly inferior player, it's not like looking at Damar and saying, that guy's always a raptor, you just know he is Mm -hmm. we happen to be one of the pages of Kawhi's book Mm -hmm. of, of his legacy, you know, and while he is a part of ours as well, so are all these other young guys, it's not like it's not like you know a Kobe Bryant or a Kevin Garnett. It's just it's not the same thing.
0: Yep. If you had a fans' pick and agree with me or disagree with me, Dre, uh, probably a statue or a mural as Coach Ben Carrito of the shot and the top three so far for now in order of uh, t- uh numbers retired: number seven, number ten, number fifteen, and Ooh. that's it for now.
1: Yeah um in that order yeah i I would
0: agree with that dope all right so let's put let's put a ball on that Kawhi, Mm -hmm. again thank you to being such a huge part and next up it's going to be danny green when we face the la lakers when they come into town
1: yes thank you so much Kawhi. we love you
0: (laughs) right there it is but let's talk about this game man holy what Uh. what happened here so no fred van vliet um you got patch mccall coming back in uh not looking the not looking great um, and then you, I thought Serge Ibaka played horribly. Um, yeah, <laughs> he. I think he went like 0 for nine or 0 for 11 or something like that. And
1: well, technically, so did Patrick McCaw. Yeah, there like, you go. With
0: the very little that he played. Yeah, uh, just the, all all around, it just wasn't a good look. And like you said in the beginning of the episode the second quarter we let 37 points and we only got 14 and that fourth quarter too, we were we well I of the third beginning of the fourth we kind of chipped away we chipped it to ten and then we chipped it to, to five from a 20 point lead 20 point deficit by like and halftime then. and then it just kind of <laughs> went to shit I don't know what happened and granted give it to the Clippers I mean I tweeted this out good teams go on runs great teams know how to close out games yeah, and the clippers are a great team they are when you have the uh advantage of having someone like montrez hale come off the bench lou williams come off the bench and then to have both all three of of uh, paul george Kawhi Leonard, and patrick beverly as your like th- top three defenders like that's a that's a great team and all all of these guys can shoot threes behind, besides like Zubok or something like that but this yeah. is a this is a great team and we didn't have it. We didn't have it in our legs. O.G. Nnunu kind of came out hot with like eight points uh, in the first quarter, and then Siakam. Siakam also he he played he played okay, twenty four points, but but again, it just not very much contribution from uh, pal, um, from Surge. Uh, Terrence didn't. Davis didn't play very much. Ronda Hollis Jefferson was uh, what kind of was slowed down because of you know. Uh, Bad foul calls, but regardless i mean i see I see some some surges from Norman Powell, but we'll get into that, but again, this wasn't a very good look uh talk about not you know talk about looking good in front of your ex that wasn't that wasn't a good look,
1: <laughs> yeah, if anything that uh, that opening you know, the ring ceremony and the, the congratulations and everything was basically our version of uh, Thank You, Next by Ariana Grande. It was uh, <laughs> being so I think grateful for our ex. But then, uh, whereas the song is about being bettered uh, by these past experiences or whatever. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think Nick Nurse has been doing an excellent job so far this year. This is a team chemistry thing. Mm. This This is a recent problem. This... We were not talking about this a week ago. And now we've had four games in between the last recording and this recording. And it just looks like a mess. It's a complete and utter miasma. And this is... uh, God. The Clippers are starting to find their chemistry. And they're starting to fire at all cylinders. There was a point where the Clippers in their season with Paul George back were kind of just scraping by games or like losing a little bit much like especially against the bucks um trying to figure it all out but they're starting to really figure it out especially when it comes to the rotation and what each position will be doing at, at what point and plus that bench is just so deep we knew mm-hmm. that already but good God um the problem is our bench is deep as well but you wouldn't know it this game like our mm-hmm. our team is stacked as well maybe not as stacked, but they're stacked as well you wouldn't know it this game like, Unfortunately, I really like Serge Ibaka, but Serge Ibaka kind of has two modes and they're they're all visceral The the first mode Which we saw in like the playoffs for instance and last year is How hungry are you Serge Ibaka? He's very goddamn hungry. Like this is a guy who is so intense But he does everything necessary and he's like the sixth man of the team or he was last year This is this is the go-to guy to clean up There's the other Serge Ibaka the irrational Sir who kind of just is still hungry, but he does very stupid things. This could be foul accumulation, technicals. It could be scoring nothing. That yeah. could happen. And guess what? That's what happened here. And it's like, yes, five rebounds. Okay, five rebounds. Okay, that's not even that good. Five rebounds. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, like that's not bad. It's not. It's it's actually not that great. For for that position and such a a textbook team that we're facing, like the Clippers, that is inexcusable actually. We're like So God I,
0: I guess the only reason why it's it's hard to see Surge uh, struggle like this because I, I think you and I are in the same pace. It's 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 it it's hard to watch because we know how well a can impact this game and because yeah. he's struggling and again i'm granted he just came back from a really high ankle sprain like that that looked pretty bad when he went down and mm. when you're when you're down for so long for like what 11 10 11 games trying to get back into the flow of things is going to be hard to do especially when you're coming back with someone who has also been injured for 10 or 11 games for with Kyle Lowry so you're you're not going to have the pep in your step you're not going to be back uh, so easily and also that you're not going to it's going to be hard when you're facing someone like Miami Heat, the Houston Rockets, Mm -hmm. the Clippers, and in in certain cases even the Bulls, like that, you should be feasting on that. But you know when you're facing other other such great teams, you're going to be it's going to be hard. And when you I I was watching while watching this game, you could tell that the Raptors were playing so friggin hard on D, which is fantastic, right? And we also we made the Clippers to turn it over 18 times. We also turn it over 18 times too. But when you play such good defense and then they still score or we can't um, finish the play and get that rebound, it's going to be deflating right? You watch, you do so well for 24 seconds or 23 seconds. And then that last second, so Lou Williams sits a three pointer. It's going to be devastating. You're going to, it's going to take a lot out of you. So being in a 20 point deficit, yes, you're chipping it down to 10. That's great. Yes. You're chipping it down to five. That's even better. They call a timeout, they go in a seven point run and then game over. Right. So I'm yeah. not going to put it all on search. He didn't have a very no, good. Definitely not. He didn't have very good game. I think Nick Nurse played kind of an awkward game with all that uh, weird lineup changes with McCall coming back into and that one um that lineup without any starters. It was a little strange, but, you know, he did try a few things. Uh, But yeah, like it was again, I'm not going to put it all on search. It was just it was just tough to watch because we know how well he can play, man. Of course,
1: that it's a tough love comment that I that I had because I love Serge Ibaka, but like, uh, you've you've got to have the, the positive aggression, not the the negative. But like you know, like looking at the stats here, we're pretty much equal in every in almost every department, including as you said, turnovers. Outside of the field goal percentage, so with that, I like I, I respond to what you were saying about Nick Nurse, perhaps the too many frequent lineup changes and inclusions of like too many people was cutting off chemistry and momentum? Maybe is that it, like a possibility cuz like be. it just looks stiff.
0: It could be. I f- I feel like players, uh, professional athletes, they they go on professionals have to get into the groove of things. And when you have again, we we heart back on this, when you have Surge, when you have Kyle two of us huge huge parts of this team coming back and then what you have in the back of your mic let's be real even Surge said this uh, when he was on the bench right before he was coming back he was surprised that our bench was playing so well and you're talking about Chris mm-hmm. Boucher Je- Ron Hollis Jefferson, Terrence Davis no, no one knew especially the, their own teammates didn't know how well they were playing so I feel like in the back of their head they're feeling like oh no now I have to um, prove that You know, I I should be a starter or I should be the one coming off the bench and getting these minutes. You know, I feel like it's it's not going to be said in the locker room. Everyone's going to cheer for each other because you're on the same team. But in the back of your head, you're like, okay, these guys have proved it. Now I have to prove it. So many times Mm -hmm. when you're watching Serge Ibaka shoot the basketball, he's aiming. Right, and when you start aiming, when you're not shooting, when you feel well, when you feel good about your shot, you start yeah. aiming that basketball. It's gonna go left. It's gonna go right. It's gonna go short. Wherever it is, it's not gonna go through the hoop. It's it's
1: mechanical now. Exactly. It's not like it's all like what you you raised yourself to do is a secondhand nature. Now it's I need to figure
0: this out. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. So so again, it's we are facing a really good team against the, the Clippers. uh yeah. we, We're we're struggling a little bit, but if I'm gonna go. Back into, you know, see who we're going to face up next. We got the Nets coming up in Saturday uh, at home. And we got Cleveland on Monday. And we got the Pistons and the Wizards. So it's it's starting <laughs> to look a little bit better. Uh, it's beginning you know, to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Christmas coming up, you know. So it's. Please. I'm not. I'm not like the Nets are actually a pretty pretty good team without Kyrie Irving, and we can talk about that um, a whole bunch uh, in another episode. But yeah, like basically, if 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 there's ever a time, if there's ever a schedule for the Raptors to start getting their groove back, this is the time. This yes. is the time, right? Like. Come on, Cleveland! You can't let Cleveland just let James Harden drop. I don't know, plus fifty on them. The Pistons, yeah. you know that Derrick Rose is going to beat you, man. Like Andre Drummond is going to have fits against Marcus Saul. And the Wizards, the Wizards are a tire fire. Like this, these are the these are the <laughs> teams. If you want to be still a contention in the Eastern Conference, you're going to have to win against the bad teams, right? You can go fifty yeah. fifty against the good teams, but you have to beat these bad teams.
1: Plus, for morale reasons. Think about the four teams that you've just listed. The Nets, we have bad beef with them because of the Carter years. Uh, the Pistons currently have Dwayne Casey. Uh, the Cavaliers, <laughs> I don't even need to explain
0: that. I like the how, Wizards, I like how the Pistons is just Dwayne Casey. That is it. Next, <laughs> but, but I that, like that's that. that's
1: all we need. Basically, these four teams are ones that have some sort of bad blood with Toronto. So for. The, their sake, the standing's sake, it, with division or conference, for our sake as fans, these are teams that they need to absolutely annihilate. Because think about it. It's like, okay, you know, if they go through all four of these with wins, that starts a run, that creates this huge flow Momentum. for all. Yeah, exactly this momentum for for fan stuff because every single game is gonna be like we can't lose to Casey or It's like we can't lose to the team that stole Carter from us or mm-hmm. we can't lose to the stupid Cavaliers <laughs> And the Wizards like God like nobody loses to the Wizards outside of the Knicks So like we cannot lose to these guys and this is the best way to start practicing So if Nick nurse is gonna like start throwing up lineups don't throw out too many but throw out a couple figure it out here redeveloped that chemistry. You've got four games. And truth be told, the pistons and the and the and the nets, while not fantastic, are decent enough that we can at least have some sort of a challenge during this this uh, figuring out phase. The other two will be inexcusable
0: if we lost. Like we cannot do that. <laughs> I, I remember when we started the podcast last year and there are a few times, well, we never went, you know, lost three in a row, but it, I was mostly concerned about, you know, what's going to happen when the Raptors go on rough patches and rough stretches last year. And it was all about how they respond. Um, yeah. Because not every, this this team, you're, you're not going to go, 82 and no you're not going to go 72 and 10 you're not you know what we're we might go up to 50 or 60 wins if if you know if we play well from now on until the end of the year but it's all about how we respond to adversity and they these are the types of struggling moments where you know what how is this team handling it right how is how, how are these teams going to come in and and say oh these are these are the champions like of course we're going to show you that you know you're nothing, right? You're nothing without yeah. Kawhi. You're nothing about Danny. You're 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 not about these champions. It's now. I want to know how the Raptors are going to respond to this criticism, to to the the struggling moments. And it's, I feel like you need that, right? Yes. No one's going to remember this struggling patch, uh, come February, come May, come June, if we're in the finals. No one's going to care right and it's all about how we respond if we go if we do the whole atlanta route where we you know we're going to call out this is over and then lose in overtime by 13 points then (laughs) then i can understand the criticism but right now we're facing really good teams and now we are have a chance to bring the momentum back in our favor it's all about how we respond boys it's all about how we respond
1: yep that's that's it and these are the games to do it we uh not that anyone's forgetting but like uh this is this should be a shoe-win. Like th- this should go very straightforward. After what is probably gonna be the hardest batch of games that we're gonna get this season. I haven't like checked the schedule, but like damn, the Heat, the 76ers, uh, there's a lot of great teams. The Clippers, a lot of great teams that we faced. The only not so great one was the Bulls. And guess what? The Bulls are trying. Mm-hmm. They're 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 at they're coming up to the turning point of their career so they're not exactly scrubs they're just not there yet but they're not like bottom of the barrel the wizards are bottom of the barrel okay the cavaliers are are like bottom of the barrel <laughs> yeah we have to beat these teams right we just we have to
0: yeah it's it's just one of those things again good good teams go on runs great teams finish out the games yeah. good teams also or great teams also beat bad teams and we're facing some bad teams coming up. But, alright, so I'm glad we got to talk about Kawhi. I'm glad we got to talk about, you know, some struggles. But if we're talking about any any positives, I'm glad uh, we got to see some good Norman Powell. Norman Powell yes. has been killing it right now. 22 points, 34 minutes. Norman. Uh, Storm Norris has been do, playing well. When his shot isn't going in, he's, he's going up for those layups. He's being aggressive, which is fantastic. And, yeah. and with, with someone like um fred van Vleed uh not in the lineup norm's gonna get a lot of minutes and i'm glad he's flourishing so so again i i know that this might be a negative nancy kind of episode but you know the team is struggling so we're gonna go on this journey with them but yes until next time i know we're going to face some crap teams and we're going to talk all about it when we come back next week but i can't wait dre where can i find you brother You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my film, editorial, and review
1: website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. There's no space. You can see all my reviews there. I'm still going through every single Best Picture winner at the Academy Awards. I'm just about to hit the 90s. By the time this episode is up, I probably will hit the 90s. Get ready for some really bad stuff. Um, Jay, where can we find
0: you? <laughs> Yo, man, you can find all of us, all three of us, on Twitter at that's a rap pod. You can also email us at that's a rap podcast at gmail.com. And if you're searching up uh, searching us up on all your podcatchers, uh search us up at Raptors HQ because that is our home base. All right. For until next time, or in if you're going to listen to our part two that's coming up on Sunday, we'll talk to you soon. Until then. That's a wrap.